0: Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. Well, this guy was calling the game yesterday for Westwood One. He's also got his own podcast, the uh, Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Ross Tucker joining us now. We all need to come back on. Uh, On the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker. Ross, how you doing?
1: Awesome. How are you guys doing?
0: Uh, Doing great, and uh, I know you saw a heck of a game yesterday. We were just talking big picture about Patrick Mahomes, and could he be the greatest 28-year-old quarterback in the history of the game? It's crazy to say, but that's what a lot of people are saying after after he makes another Super Bowl.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think he is. I, I think he is so far. Now, you know, Brady played for an insane long amount of time. And we know all the Super Bowls and all the conference championship appearances and everything. And I think what makes Brady so impressive is that he basically did it in like three different stints, if that makes sense. You know, he had the first three, you know, his first four years as a starter. Then they had that spell where even though they had really good teams, they didn't win it. And He got to some. But then he won three more with basically like a whole different group of guys. You know, like, he was the only guy still doing it. And then he won one in Tampa. So Mahomes obviously has a long way to go. And we'll see if Mahomes can do it with a different group of guys. Basically meaning, in my mind, pretty much like no Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones. You know, those are like the key guys. With Kelsey being just gigantic. I mean, it's just, it's. I mean, the guy just broke a record that Jerry Rice had. Let me just tell you this. I'm 44 like I was I was a kid of the 80s. If you're even close to any record that Jerry Rice had, let alone break it, that is impressive.
2: Yeah, the other because, part too though is it's funny Brady did it with one coach until he goes to Tampa. I don't know if Andy Reid will be around long enough if Mahomes really stays in this ascension, he might have to do it with a different head coach staying in the same building at some point.
1: Really good point and um and it's, it's like, I'll say the same thing about Mahomes I always say with coaches, right? I know you guys are down there in Atlanta and Belichick was a big conversation. I played in New England oh five and oh six, till Bill traded me to Cleveland and I don't think he's the best coach of all time. I think he's an excellent coach, but I give a lot, as a guy that played for five teams, I give a lot of credit to coaches that have success, multiple organizations and or Multiple quarterbacks. Like to me, I think a very compelling argument for the best NFL coach of all time is Joe Gibbs. The guy won three different Super Bowls with three different non-Hall of Fame quarterbacks: Joe Theismann, Doug Williams, Mark Rippin. That is crazy impressive to me. And by the way, he made the playoffs with what, like four other quarterbacks. Jay Schrader, um, certainly Mark Brunel, and then Todd Collins when I was in Washington in 07. So I put a lot of of stock in that, even like what Parcells has done and what these other guys have done. Belichick, what he's done is incredible in New England, but doing it all at one place and all with one quarterback, I think uh, diminishes his accomplishments at least a little bit in terms of you know, everybody goes, oh, he's a greatest of all time, greatest of all time. I, I don't
2: feel that way. All right, we're going to get to the kicker thing in a second. But I made a comment a couple of weeks ago that I think Jim Harbaugh's resume is every bit as good as Belichick's because it's been different places, different levels, turning things around. I don't discount what Bill turned around in New England. They were the Detroit Lions, basically the NFL for a little bit there. But Jim Harbaugh has actually walked into different places and found a way to win. And you talk about different quarterbacks. Obviously, all over God's green earth, he had different quarterbacks.
1: Yeah, and I think he gets the most credit in my mind for what he did with Alex Smith. Because on some level, like at University of San Diego with Josh Johnson, like, I mean, that's impressive, but also, like, of course they won. They had an NFL quarterback for 15 years or whatever, Josh, played at University of San Diego. Then he got Andrew Luck at Stanford. It's like, okay, but Alex Smith was considered like a bust until Harbaugh got there, and he built him up and got him to play way better than he had before that. So I would agree with you. On Harbaugh, I actually think Pete Carroll doesn't get enough credit. You know, I can't remember he had some success in New England, but then you win it a couple times at USC, almost win it again. You go to Seattle, you go to two Super Bowls, you win one with a quarterback in Russell Wilson who's very good, but probably not a Hall of Famer. And then what he did the last couple of years with Geno Smith making the playoffs with Geno Smith, you know, uh this year another winning record with Geno Smith. So I, I think Pete Carroll deserves a lot of credit too.
0: Ross Tucker with us on the Hobson and Hobson news maker line. Westwood one, he called on the radio, the AFC championship game yesterday, the Ross Tucker football podcast as well. Give that a listen. What are your thoughts on Raheem Morris getting the Falcons job?
1: Very interesting on multiple levels. Um, You know, I really thought they were going to go with Belichick, but it sounds like they were not on the same page with, what his role would be, could be, all of those things. Um, everybody sings the praises of Raheem Morris. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about him. And I also, I'm a believer that more guys should get second chances than they do, especially when their first chance was when they were so young or under sort of unique circumstance, Like I think his quarterback was Josh Freeman, yeah. you know, when he was in Tampa. So um, I'm glad he's getting this opportunity. A couple things though, I think we need to point out like the Rams being over the top with their praise for him and how deserving he is of another opportunity. You know, I, I take, I take more of the um, comments from the players. Those resonate more with me than the Rams front office, because you know, the Rams are getting two compensatory picks out of this now, right? So they have sort of a vested interest in Raheem getting a head coaching job somewhere else. So what the players say means more to me than that. And I think two things jump out to me. One, he was in Atlanta. So obviously Arthur Blank and Rich McKay have familiarity with him. And you can connect the dots on a lot of these hires. And then I wonder if maybe bringing in Zach Robinson – as his OC helped put him over the top, yeah, I think Zach Robinson was the number one offensive coordinator candidate in the NFL this
2: offseason. I think when you right? walk in and say I he's coming with me, that's a huge. That could have been a game changer. So, but getting the quarterback right, and I know, look, we've talked about this. Uh, it's been a subject on this show since the Arthur Smith firing press conference. Um, there's one to one hundred reasons why a guy will be successful or not might be more than 100 when you hire a head coach. But getting the quarterback right, whatever the definition of that is for everybody, uh, is the number one thing now. How do you think they get the quarterback right here?
1: Uh, That's a really good question. I don't think that it's going to be a draft pick. I think that would sort of surprise me with where they're drafting. I think they're going to try to get basically the best available veteran. And so I don't know who that is. I, I don't know if they think that that's Justin Fields and they think that with the talent they have there in Atlanta and with the growth he's shown and in Zach Robinson's offense, that maybe they could really unlock that physical ability. Maybe they can get Kirk Cousins, who has a lot of experience in sort of the, the Shanahan McBay offense that Robinson runs. Yeah, you know, maybe it's Ryan Tannehill. And maybe they feel like Ryan Tannehill can be really productive. I'm sure there will be uh, they'll have their feelers out for a bunch of different guys.
2: So you don't think so it's you don't, don't think it's like vision them going young again. You don't think it's like Ben early success, Russell early success. I'm not paying him. Mahomes before you did the contract, early success. You don't think because boy, the greatest thing around here would be get a guy in his, his rookie contract and not have to pay him. You don't think that's really feasible right now?
1: I think it's feasible. I think you're probably going to get the fourth maybe or third or fourth at best guy. So, if you really really like that guy and think that you're going to hit on him like he's the Lamar Jackson of the draft, right. you know, maybe that's maybe Daniel's fall to them and they think he's the guy, sure, but that's a that's a big swing, right? I mean, it worked out for the Houston Texans. And it was rough for the Carolina Panthers. And I'm not writing an obituary for Bryce Young yet, but uh, he's got a long, long way to go. Like it would be, uh, it'd be an up to this point if Bryce Young becomes a top 10 quarterback.
0: Ross Tucker, a couple of more minutes. We are spending with him on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Like we said, did call for Westwood one, the AFC championship game yesterday. He's got the Ross Tucker football podcast as well. He is with us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. So we look at the Super Bowl matchup, and obviously it was almost the Lions. What are your thoughts on Dan Campbell deciding to not go for the field goal twice and go for it?
1: Well, what we're not talking enough about is him running the ball on third down or them running the ball on third down near the goal line after the two-minute warning. That is unacceptable. That is asinine. You cannot run the ball on third down and then not get it but you can't even run the ball there. You you cannot take the chance that you have to use one of those timeouts and then you have to onside kick it. Uh, I thought that was by far his biggest coaching error. I think we can have a good conversation about the other two. The things that jump out to me about it are, I'm wondering what information he's using when he's making these decisions because I don't really see him, like, talking to someone. You know what I mean? Like, I... I would like to see the guy say to him, hey, uh, you know, the numbers say we should go here or whatever. It seems like it's just, hey, we're going to be aggressive, man. We're we're pedal to the metal. We're going for it. And I know that's their identity, and I know they've had a lot of success with it. And also, teams are going for it on fourth down more than they ever have, and I think that that's a positive. But I don't think every fourth down decision is created equal. Like, you know, to go up by six points, Or whatever is not the same as if you kick a field goal, you go back up three scores. You know he goes for it, and even if they get a touchdown on that drive, they're up three scores. They're up twenty-one. You get a field goal, you're up three scores. You're up seventeen. He decided, in my mind, my calculation, the going up, going from two to three scores is is more valuable. That being up 21 versus being up 17. Like, the drop-off between 21-17
2: versus 17-14 is not the same. Well, he decided on the way to the stadium, if not even sooner than that. He might have decided on Thursday. Like, what you're talking about is, you know, feel for the game, sort of be damned. Scoreboard be damned. This is what we do. And I don't know if anybody, if he put headsets on, was going to talk him out of that.
1: Maybe. I mean, he did kick the the field goal at the end of the first half to go up three scores. Thank God. Thank God. I would have lost my mind if they went for that there. You got to go up three scores. Do you
2: think two teams won games yesterday or two teams lost games?
1: Well, I always like to give credit to the winners, but I do think that uh, whether you call it playoff pedigree or whatever, the teams that lost the games were the teams that made the critical errors. You know I mean, the Ravens with the three turnovers, the Lamar horrific interception, the Zay Flowers thing, the dumb penalties by the Ravens, the Lions basically just peeing down their leg, which was like literally hard to watch. Like I, I, it was hard for me to stomach that as a former player. I would say that they lost them more than the other teams wanted them, to be honest with you.
2: I heard the kicker commentary, and I thought about it when he didn't send his kicker out to go up three scores. Um, we only have a couple of seconds. Or I've never seen a team tell a kicker to stay home. So what to what degree do you think kickers are supposed to be important? No, I just don't even
1: think, I, I just think they're out of place in the sport of football so I you, always
2: have. Right, so you just think the nature of the game, and I heard how you explained it, it was interesting, you just think that this is such an outlier thing that it even shouldn't exist. If you tried to pitch it today, it would never happen.
1: It would be like if the Hawks are going to overtime tonight. Instead of going to overtime period, the two head coaches have a chugging contest of a beer. Who wins the game? (laughs) Like, what are we doing? What? what, Why are we running and tackling and throwing the ball and hitting each other with these guys all game for them? like a guy that probably played soccer in high school to run out and kick a ball between two poles. Like if we, if we all sat down and say, Hey, let's make up this awesome sport football. You don't says oh, Okay. Gladiator ball. I don't care. If someone at the table was like, Hey, I got an idea. Why don't we have a guy at the end of the game, kick a ball between two poles. We'd all be like, what are you talking about? So my thoughts are let's have a, let's have a guy. If you want to still have kicking in the game, he's got to play at least 20% of the snaps. He at least is someone that's doing the other things that the other players in the game are doing. Or why don't you just have the quarterbacks throw the ball between the field goal posts? Then arm strength matters even more. And then Josh Allen can make a 58-yard fifty eight throw ball, throw goal for the bill. I mean, I just, I have no idea why when they invented the sport, they decided to add this wrinkle that has nothing to do with what the rest of us do the entire game. It's like bizarro world to
0: me. Yeah, based on yesterday, I think Dan Campbell agrees with you. (laughs) All right, Ross, listen, we appreciate the time. Uh, Thanks for coming on. Hopefully uh, right before the Super Bowl, we can do it again if you have more time.
1: Yep, I'd be happy to come on next week. And before I forget, guys, Valentine's Day right around the corner, myfrontpagestory.com. Have someone write a story about your significant other. It is unbelievable. Best Valentine's Day gift I've ever heard of myfrontpagestory.com just being able to give it to her and say, hey, babe, I want you something special. I had a story written about you. It's so money, it's not even funny. Myfrontpagestory.com. Do it, fellas.
0: Solid suggestion on the way out. Ross Tucker on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker Line. We'll talk soon.
2: See you guys. Thanks, Ross.